where it may not be a roll of the dice. He, this I may be his is, plan. Is he playing three dimensional chess, or is he? Or is he? Or is he? He may four. have you in checkmate on two four. different levels <laughs> that you don't even understand. No, I. I, he, I don't. I don't know which one of those is more my nightmare of whether he's he's Lex Luthor playing three dimensional chess on a level we don't understand, mm-hmm. and it's all part of like a, a grand master plan, or he's just Mr. Magoo bumbling through, getting <laughs> like happening to solve the mystery. Hello there. Welcome to another episode of the Exchanges Podcast. I know it's been a while, guys. I'm sorry. I've been busy. Been out here juggling a lot of projects and doing a lot of things. I have multiple podcasts in the queue. I've been recording like crazy. And uh, don't let your heart be worried. Um, We're back here on the grind. And I hope to go ahead and crank out some of these episodes I have sitting here in the queue. I know that the news cycle happens fast and current events are changing all the time but still there are some topics out there that are just universal so a lot of the podcasts i have in the queue here aren't really dated or anything at all i mean we're all still dealing with the ramifications of uh let's just say this political environment anyway um let me go ahead and thank dan david and sean for participating in this podcast episode and oh see i always mess this up if you don't know because you don't go ahead and check the name of the podcast and whatnot you listen to this is called the exchanges podcast it is a podcast dedicated to bringing people together from all different walks of life to go ahead and discuss the issues of our time you can go ahead and find us at www.theexchangespodcast.com and um you can find us on itunes google play youtube stitcher and soon you'll go ahead and find us on Spotify. Um, we have multiple podcasts in the, in the queue, uh, ones we've recorded in the past, and all of them are interesting and awesome conversations, just like the one you're about to go and listen to right now. Let's see, what do we go ahead and talk about in this podcast? Uh, we talked about foreign interventionism and uh, how the American public seems still, I don't know, hung over from the days of Iraq. Speaking of Iraq, we go ahead and uh, get a bit nostalgic and talk about um, the feelings of the nation during that time. We even dive into talking about MySpace. Speaking of MySpace and social media, we talk about our boy Mark Zuckerberg. And also we talk about um, the infamous or famous, uh, depending upon your uh, perspective, um, Donald Trump and what he's been up to as of lately. We talk about um, corporations and power and how they go ahead and govern uh, kind of social trends within society. What else we talk about? We talk about Black Mirror. If you haven't watched it, I highly recommend it. There's four seasons out now on Netflix. Go ahead. Take an hour or two. Watch a few episodes. You'll be hooked. Guarantee it. Mm, what else did we talk about? We talked about a bunch of shit. I can't remember half of the time. But I know that all of it is freaking good. And it's so hard to go ahead and cut these episodes down because I want everything in there. Oh, also talked about the ongoing investigation that uh, special prosecutor or investigator... Um, Muller is uh, heading um, per usual. I can't go ahead and tell you everything we talk about because there's just so much here. But go ahead and strap in. If you're going ahead and driving in your car, turn up your radio a little bit. If you're cooking or painting or doing whatever, just go ahead and get ready for a great podcast coming up here. And I'm going to go ahead and leave it at that. I'll see you guys on Tillin. Oh, um, actually, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. It's um, 
Like, even the music in the background and stuff is not that bad. It's only bad when there's, like, a dance song. Because you get the... <laughs> and you can't edit that out. It's just like... <laughs> but, um, like, people eating and stuff like that, you don't hear it. And I can go ahead and use magic. Back when I used to do recordings, air, air conditioning was more of a pain of the butt than most conversations. Yeah, there is, like, a... A monotonous drown in the background here, but that's easily you can target that yeah. and edit that out, so it disappears. Well, no run back in the old real to real days. But um, done I was, that a couple times. It's fine. Yeah. I was going to say something about um, MySpace. Well, I can't buy it honestly. I promise. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I have no experience with MySpace. How does it differ yeah. from? It was the original like Facebook. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it was yeah, literally were, the same exact concept, except less polished. Um, didn't have all the didn't have I don't think it had like a robust advertising model behind it that um, maybe um, that, that Facebook obviously has now. Um, I don't remember if you had to purchase or like sign up for like an no, executive account. Okay. As far as I remember, it was free. It was, it was free. definitely my peer group. I was just like too much of a nerd without friends to like uh, have a MySpace. Like yeah. I wasn't cool enough. And then by the time I was, uh, MySpace was was over and Facebook had started. Right. Yeah. No, as far as I remember. It was free. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, I don't remember any. So, I mean, like, this was back when I first, I first was going to college. It was big and everything. And, you know, me being part of college kids and everything, and you take all these crazy photos and stuff, right? Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um. <laughs> I can't thank goodness I yeah. created that. <laughs> so, you know, occasionally, I went to MySpace one time, a long, like a long time ago. I was like, this is still here. Let me put in my name and search. All my information is gone, but all my photos are still there. I'm like, what the hell? So I'm like trying to figure out, like, how do I get rid of this? And of course, I don't have any login, you know? And I'm like trying to look around and trying to figure out like a way to request to delete it. You can't. No. It's just there. And um, I think who bought MySpace? A big, um, somebody bought MySpace. Oh, so I guess we can go ahead and Google it. Yep, I'm on it. Yeah. Does it still exist? Yeah. It's, it still exists. But the original owner doesn't own it anymore. Some larger company bought MySpace in hopes of turning into something like Facebook, but they just sat on it and never did anything with it. So it's owned by some huge conglomeration or some some big company, and um, it's just in their graveyard. And I imagine they're just holding onto the rights of the name and stuff, and I imagine they still scap like a bunch of data from people off of MySpace, all those accounts, because millions of people are using it. And um, so I imagine... all that data lots of places. Yeah, yeah. So it's still valuable for them to hold on to it, but they just don't do anything with it. Uh, News Corp. News Corp did. Uh, 2005? Yeah, for $35 million. $35 million. Well, I hope that bottle will be more. Somebody got a helicopter. You know? Somebody got a jet. Uh, although, on the one hand, I admire them. I mean, I mean... I am wrong. I apologize. News Corp bought it in 2005 for $580 million and then sold it in 2011 for $35 million. Look at that loss. Oh, my wow. God. Boy, write um, that one down. Ooh. Boy, well, on the bright side, think of Trump. They probably won't have to pay taxes for 10 years or more. Right. So, yeah. Um, that you know, that around. Uh, well, yeah, remember the Panama Papers? Yeah. You notice how there's never that big of a splash here in the United States? No. Yeah, like, but I remember vividly, like, other countries. Definitely Russia and whatnot was well, very you know, why it wasn't a splash here? Because of all the crap there. That was such a scandal overseas is actually legal. Mm. Rich people mm. right. their money whatever they want. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so, so that's why it was sort of a yawn here. You want an offshore account to hide your to hide your excess campaign contribution? Yeah. Sure. And I remember um, 
I want to say was it maybe France or Spain or something like that? They, uh, I remember hearing reports coming out of there that people were like, well, congressmen and women were visibly upset about those Panama Papers. And yeah. <clears throat> obviously, yeah, their offshore laws and stuff were a lot more strict, I guess. Oh, yeah. remember that's the, the rumor explanation as to why yeah. Putin got so upset uh, with, 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 with Hillary uh, and, and Obama. Yeah. Because he thought that the Panama Papers were actually a CIA covert run, uh, because a lot of him and a lot of his associates got burned with that, mm -hmm. uh, and that's the completely unproven and unprovable, you know, speculation as to why he got such a bug up his ass and decided to cost, cost a couple of million dollars over to that internet research group. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, Cambridge Analytica. Uh, so. Is that what you're talking about, Ryan? The, well, well, yeah, the yeah. trolls. Yeah, the, yeah, all the trolls. Oh no, yeah. it's um. The Internet Research Agency, that's right. the name of it, right. that they so, were definitely after. Whether that's true, I have no idea, but since the world runs on rumors, sure sounds plausible, because apparently a lot of terabytes of information got dumped on a lot of Russian You know what, though? I, I do miss the certainty of, like, a consistent narrative <laughs> in society. It's like now it's like, you know, we're all like, this happened, but who knows? Let me put yeah. it out there. Yeah. We, we, yeah. You never know. It may all be bullshit. Any given moment, it can all be bullshit. A friend of mine on social media shared this image of um, what supposedly is supposed to be the Syrian bombings, right? And it shows a side-by-side -side picture of, like, some YouTube video of um, Croatia being bombed. Mm. And um, then right next to it, uh, MSNBC in, like, a news frame, that same thing. Yeah. So the tweet is, is like, you guys went ahead and took, you know, this video from YouTube that happened like 10 years ago yeah. and you ran it on MSNBC. Yeah. And I looked at that and I was like, well, wait a minute. It's easy as hell to go ahead and take that picture from that YouTube yeah, and just sure. put a news frame around it and crop it and come up with that tweet. Anything you want, yeah. Yeah. So it's like, damn, yeah, damned if you do, damned if you don't. It's like, you never know, right? It's like, you. Oh, oh I, I, I like the rule of thumb when it comes to. How to tell the difference between between history and, and historical fiction is whenever you see the phrase he thought or he felt or yeah. its variations, you're reading fiction. Yeah. And when you say Vladimir Putin was outraged at the revelations of the Panama Papers, surely speculative. Definitely. But if you can say Vladimir Putin did, well, then you can cite your source. I mean. Did Vladimir Putin throw two million dollars at the Internet Research Group? Possibly. Where's your evidence? Yeah. Because that can have evidence. That's true. And unless you can get Putin to actually come online and say, yep, that was on my mind, you'll never know. <sighs> yeah. We'll never know. No. I mean, it's definitely not, you know, uh, Russian politics to ever admit, you know, to definitively, definitively to anything. Well, also, right? just questions of intent you know, yeah. to, to leap to. To way more than 180 degrees to another topic. That's yeah. the problem with criminal law in general. Mm -hmm. Just trying to figure out, so at least American criminal law, uh, you, know, you know, I could shoot you right here, but if I didn't intend to do it, if I didn't mm. intend to commit a crime, it's not a crime. Uh, Aussie Burger? Yes. Yeah, yes. Yes, sir. Um, and I was the only person in my law school class who, who was suicidal enough to argue that maybe intent should be dropped from the 
you know, from the guilt or innocence phase of the trial mm-hmm. and added back on to the to the remedies side. Yeah. Because a lot easier to prove what you did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I pulled out a gun, I shot boom, crime. Why I did it might factor in to whether I go to prison, whether I go to the same asylum. Yeah. Whether or not it's murder or manslaughter. Yeah, right. Uh, it reminds me of that case of that um this woman, I think they were teenagers. Um, it was like a teenage couple. Um, some guy, teenage boy, ended up killing himself. Yeah. And um, the case was that he was texting with this girlfriend of his, or maybe they were together, then they broke up, but they were still communicating via text. And um, she obviously had some type of manipulation thing going on with this um, this younger guy. And he was um, obviously depressed. But um, she texted to him, like, well, why don't you go ahead and kill yourself then? You're complaining to me about all these issues and whatnot. Have you did it yet? Did you kill yourself yet while you're still here? You know, maybe you should do it this way. Maybe you should do it that way. You remember that case? Yeah, this was, what, um, about it, yeah. 2015, 2016? Yeah. Wisconsin, yeah. they were, like, high school aged. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there were, like, screenshots of the text where she was, like, encouraging him. Yeah. Don't chicken out. Don't. This is what you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So her defense lawyer was like, "Well, obviously she didn't kill that guy, right? You know, who's you know, uh, can she be convicted for like even a you know manslaughter on that for just texting somebody? I think she was. She was. Yeah, she was. (laughs) She went to jail. Well, did they? She didn't appeal. She she actually well. Yeah, I mean, no, well, she she no, nobody covers appeals, right? Like, well, I guess. yeah, right. Like, well, you're, you're lucky uh, if you get a news source to follow up, like six months, eight months down the road when the when the course yeah, right. when it just the suited, case yeah. actually goes yeah, to trial. Yeah, the five billion dollar award from Exxon or something. Yeah, that on appeal gets reduced down to hundred thousand. Exactly, yeah. or uh, tied up in court. Uh, although, but they made her serve while pending appeal. Then, yeah, that is curious. But. So it's like you know what you were saying. It's like. You know, it's it's clear cut case. Somebody goes ahead and you know points a gun, shoot, and you know kill somebody. But when you get into muddy cases like this, <clears throat> which is even still tied to social media or this oh, new generation yeah. of like being able to contact and talk with people and stuff like that, and having evidence of somebody telling another person who's obviously mentally ill, you know, hey, you know, go kill yourself. What do you do with that? How do you how do you remedy that? You know, is that is is she is she still criminally liable? To the fact that where she should be in jail, you know, or like manslaughter. Well, there is the well, or is it a different crime? Well, felony murder. Are we coming to a whole new genre of like or classification of of crime? I don't know that felony murder would apply. No, Um, but um, um, well, there is that doctrine from the felony murder line of cases. Felony murder is basically where if you're committing a felony. That a death happens, even if you didn't attend it. Right. Well, you shouldn't have been doing that in the first place, right? right. You're committing mm-hmm. a felony. You're still a murderer. And the case that was an that's a the law school exemplar of it is the burglar. Yeah. He breaks into the house, thought it was an empty house. Turned out the guy was just asleep. He wakes up, surprises the burglar. The burglar conks him on the head, crushes his skull. Mm. And autopsy revealed that the guy had an unusually thin skull. Yeah. Uh, and he said, well, how could I have possibly predicted that I would happen to have a victim with a thin skull, right? Mm-hmm. I said, you know, sorry, you take your victims as you find yeah. them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, this, now, like, if this girl had been texting stuff to me, like, go kill yourself. I said, 
<laughs> right. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I'd, I'd play with her for, for weeks. Mm-hmm. But, um, but she took her victim as she found her. But the question is, did she commit a crime in the first place? It, think, it's the whole case of... Should've? Well, it's the whole thing of, like, they always go ahead and, you know, you hear about it. What's, what's the name of that show um, where dude goes to house... Uh, sets up the house like some like very young preteen is like you know calling some dude and they lure like you know creepy you know potentially pedophilish dudes to the house. Chris Hansen, Chris Hansen, remember oh, that show? Um, what was the name of that show? Really? They lured pedophiles. Date, I think maybe it was a Dateline episode. Yeah, it was on uh, like CNN or something. Um, it'll be a pretty much you know an entrapment type of deal where mm. they would um, kind of you know honey trap and bait yeah. dudes who like little kids. And or to catch, know, a to catch a predator, yeah. teenage girls or something, yeah. and then and then through the text and whatnot, they would actually show up to the house, yeah. and then Chris Hans would be surprise. sitting there and be like, yeah. "Hey, what's up?" So um, you know, what were you coming here to do tonight? <laughs> and obviously the guys <laughs> would be camera. like, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah the guys are like, what the, you know, what is going on?" Yeah. And uh, so in cases like that, obviously you can still be locked up for a crime, regardless right. of you know, those dudes never got to the point of sleeping with a woman, but. It was demonstrated through texting and communication that there was um, some intent. Um, uh, I mean, you can, boy, if you want to do some legal research. Um, nah, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, yeah. you know, the line between entrapment and yeah. and, and a righteous catch, I mean. That, that, I mean, yeah, that, that's, that is a, true. That's a real weird line. That's a real Yeah. Anyway, let's go ahead and um, I don't know when uh, David and whatnot will show up. Usually they do. Maybe they lied this time. And um, if they lied, I know they listen to this podcast. So <laughs> you guys are liars. We just pretend they're here and really quiet. I know, right? We're in this weird era where Americans are exhausted from, you know, going overseas, foreign interventionism. Mm-hmm. I mean, after the classic disastrous, you know, Iraq war, mm-hmm. it's like we've been in this hangover state from doing that type of thing forever. Yeah. It seems, it feels like. It seems like every time a president, whether it was Obama, you know, whether it's even Trump now, mm-hmm. says we're going to go bomb this country for doing something, some type of atrocity, you know, the, United, the, the population just groans. It's like, oh, uh, oh, yes. And is there a case, though, for foreign interventionism? Because I feel like the theory out there is that we are already out there in the world. We have more bases than any other nation around the globe, kind of, you know, quote-unquote, policing the world. I think the theory is, is if we back away from our presence, there will be a power vacuum there'll be other actors who will go ahead and replace us. Sure. So, We're arguably you know, seeing it already. Yeah. So the theory is we, we, we have to be out there going ahead and setting some type of ideological standard for the globe. So we can't just go ahead and shrug our shoulders and be like, hey, you know, Syria, you know, I mean, you're gassing your, your, your own population, that sucks, but, um, you know. That's your business. That's your business, not our business. Well, I think you run into a couple things, right? Um our modern our modern uh, policy of interventionism really stems from a reaction to World War Two, right? And mm. World War One, where where America was very much like that's that's on the other side of the Atlantic. We don't have to worry about that until until it wasn't on the other side of the ocean. Exactly. And then since then we have 
escalated into this world police. Now, whether or not that's good or bad, you get situations like Rwanda in the 90s, mm. where how can we, as a world power, not step in to stop something as egregious as genocide? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you also have the argument of, well, if they're independent states, if they're independent countries, how dare we step in to their own internal conflicts? Mm-hmm. Probably one that's not as egregious as... Hey, what's up, man? I was just talking uh, crap about you for not being here on the nice. podcast. <laughs> Got my wife to regulate my time schedule. You know? I feel you, I feel you. I remember you from a few weeks ago. Yeah, yeah it's been hey, a long time. Good to see you again. Long time Good to see you. Been, I've been Sean. great. I'm Dave. It's a pleasure, Sean. We were just talking about foreign interventionism, so yeah. go ahead and Foreign intervention. Yeah, uh, right. It's so a, in the context justi- of- a justification for um, the United States or you know, a power going into the world and setting some type of global ideological standard because there may be a power vacuum or some type of um, other worse entity that would step into place. So is there a justification for us going to a place like Syria? And Sean was bringing up the case of like not stepping into the Rwanda situation. Right. Or not stepping in effectively or quickly enough. Yeah. And I think it comes down to, there's slippery self-arguments on both sides. You, and it either leads to intervene always or intervene never. And neither one of those, and like people want to take it to those extremes, and I don't think either one of them is probably the correct answer. But, yeah. Um, but define correct. Correct. Um, I don't. I don't know that I can define. By what standard? Exactly. Well, well yeah. so I can define correct, and I actually think the United States has the correct definition, and that is, we have to look out for our interests. We have to. Our first priority as the United <coughs> States is to make sure the United States maintains itself and is able to grow and is able to take care of its own people. To that end... Well, but now to flip it, is that a definition that was so expansive that it lost its meaning? Is there any place in the world where we don't have interests? Yes, there are plenty. I mean, there are plenty of parts of Africa which we could care less. They don't have good resources. No. We're not willing to intervene. It'd be too expensive for us to go. Mm. I'd order part of the Middle East is actually starting to become that way, especially mm. as oil has become more mm-hmm. valuable. I mean, in the past, we would have had to go on much further into Syria because we needed oil. Now that we've got, you know, shilling and can get our own oil, and now that oil isn't as needed in our society, Middle East is starting to cross that path where it's not going to be worth it to us to go there. Now, what we are scared about and what we wisely took did was take out the weapon refineries because we don't want other countries to have chemical weapons. And that is very much in our interest and in our defense. But otherwise, I mean, we don't, aside from the fact that Russia and China seem to like him, we don't care that much about Assad. We don't care that much about Syria. Yeah, I agree. So you don't think that, you think it's all pretty much bullshit, the whole argument of like there's some... Um, absolute like moral, what is it? Goal that the United States is is going towards and in, in, in intervening in these countries It's really just the only correct answer is like what's in the interest of the United States, yes. right? If we can define what that is, but well, we uh, kind but, of but although that's a good point. You know, this is sort of the progeny of Westphalia. Uh, we have these nation states that supposedly own everything within their geographical borders. Um, it's what I privately consider the Hitler, you know, the Hitler doctrine. He had just stayed in his own borders. He could have killed and raped and named as long as he wanted. Mm. Who would care, right? Mm. Well, but since Westphalia, 
I think the first time I remember it being articulated post Nuremberg was mm -hmm. the breakup of Yugoslavia, where we're basically saying, hey, my God, they're raping and killing and naming all these innocent people, mm -hmm. preferably white people. So, <laughs> um, can we allow that? In other words, the whole notion of human rights as being independent. Remember, it used to be, if you were in the borders of a nation, they owned you. Right. Yeah, I mean, you know what I just thought of? Yeah. Is that like so like oxymoronic and like hypocritical, at least of maybe this current administration. Um, at least now, given Donald Trump says anything, right? <laughs> but um, at least maybe through the perspective or the lens of his administration enacting um, foreign policy. Is that um, maybe his constituents, maybe people who support him, the Alex Jones types, are super upset about the idea of us going over to Syria and doing something, right? Um, intervening in that foreign area. But those same type of people are perfectly comfortable maybe with the idea of mandating Mexico to pay for a border <laughs> wall, right? Right. Isn't that like nuts? Isn't that crazy? Now maybe that's all just like conjecture and like well, just people yammering on social media and it's like a, a partisan... Well, although those two are actually that's not more consistent than they usually get. They say we don't care about the Syrians, and they're saying we don't care about all those, you know, all those central of those Latinos trying to come up to yeah. save their children. We don't care about them either. It's like the idea of like we, you know, the Fortress America idea. Yeah, Fortress America, yeah. but it's 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 this whole idea of like I think our oceans, you know, around the nation is really like has influenced our foreign policy forever. We're just we're not like Germany or France, right? Obviously, yeah. where yeah. we are right there in the thicket, right next door to a lot of these hotspots, and we have to constantly be paying attention. Uh, but we do have a neighboring country, being Mexico, that what happens there does affect what happens in the United States in, in some instance. Their economy suffers. People migrate over to the United States in order to go ahead and make money. The same thing so, in Guatemala and Nicaragua. Yeah. yeah. So it's all like, you know, it, it, it's all perspective from exactly where you're at. I don't think there's any true isolationism, you know. No. We're, we're looking out for our best interests. Yeah. And, I mean, the wall's kind of a unnecessary physical representation of that, but that's kind of what they're going for. Mm -hmm. is, uh, America First is a good example of what, I mean, Trump says it and people get mad at him for it, but that's what's been practiced by every Democratic and Republican uh, president. I mean, yeah, that's, I think so. That's, but is it based on reality? Yes. Can Americans be truly secure and happy if there are, if there are several hundred million starving Russians and Chinese? Yeah, but I, we don't have to see them. I mean, <laughs> well, and this from, an honest, from an honest perspective, I am a truly happy person, and I'm well aware that there are plenty of starving people we don't even have to go to another country there are plenty of starving people right here in our country you almost have to push past that i mean i do try to keep some policies but i wouldn't like to see major tax increases on my side in order to take care of all these people i don't and know that's a because a member even if you're safe what about your kids because someday those starving people are going to want what we have Yep. There's there's no precedence for that. I mean, societies have kept people like the poor masses mm -hmm. suppressed, and to get to the level that you can go back to the Middle Ages, most okay. families, and they'll have the same general economic level. I mean, there will be outliers, but they'll have the same general economic outliers. You, 
it, it's not hard to convince the masses to do things that are not in their best interests, and that's what most governments oh. based on. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's certainly true. I mean, that, yeah, that's definitely true. It can come here is true, especially in, you know, the world as it is now and how interconnected we are. You know, 9-11 obviously being, you know, the most dramatic instance of that, mm-hmm. of, you know, you decades and decades of U.S. foreign policy and, you know, propaganda maybe spun mm-hmm. by those nations and by opportunists who are looking to go ahead and take advantage of that, that stuff mm-hmm. coming to our shores, right? Mm-hmm. And um, so I can see the argument of, like, these people are like, we need to be there. You know, our military needs to be there because if we're not there, they're going to they're going to come here. But or, is that a slippery slope? Or just effect us. I mean, look at the distribution of rare of, 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 of rare earth materials. Yeah. The very few of them are actually within our borders. Mm-hmm. So basically, if the, if the Democratic Republic of Congo does, goes down the toilet, I think the only other source of cobalt is Russia. Is that good? Is that bad? Let me switch gears here. Do you think uh, Donald Trump really cares about Syria? No. Oh no. I'm you think like, he oh. sat there in the in the you know whatever the room is? He likes the danger room. And, uh, <laughs> the danger room. Why not? From the X- <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's an expert. That's what he calls. He's it. clearly <laughs> a mutant. <laughs> but I think since people like to go that, I don't think Obama did either. I don't think you don't think Obama really no. cared about um, his moves. Uh, when it came to foreign well, policy. Well, he cares about his moves, and I do think Trump cares about his moves, too. Well, I mean, do you think to... he cared about it in a sense of, like, well, um, up, I'm yeah. trying you... to protect the American interests, and I need to make the right move. Oh, Trump, yeah. You think oh. that he cared about American yes. interests? Yeah, I think I don't know, yeah, I, 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 have a, I have a sense that Donald Trump's lens is, how is this going to look for me and my hmm. administration? Not necessarily America. him thinking about like long-term okay. American foreign policy. But you're, you're saying two sides of the same coin. Hmm. Is it? Somebody may have motivation, maybe, and I've, like we've said before in the past, I've got a brother like this. Somebody who wants to everybody to look up to him and praise him. That's not a bad thing to have in a leader. If, they, if a leader is looking for the respect of the people and is willing to do the stuff that the people need in order to keep themselves safe and keep themselves secure, that's a kind of a good policy. So regardless of what you think his motives are, he was going for the right thing in protecting our country and getting rid of these chemical weapons. And he listened to a lot of advisors. And that's the reason for one of the very few times he's getting a lot of praise on both sides of the fence. So that's an interesting perspective on uh, on that being a good thing in a leader. I think, and this is this is my opinion, right? This, this perspective. Um, I think that Trump cares about what people think about him, but is not will and wants to do what makes him popular, Ooh. as opposed to wants to do what is best for the people. Okay. And those those are two like keeping the people happy and keeping the people safe, fed, healthy. You know are two different things, right? And sometimes they align, and that's very nice, and I think sometimes they don't, right? I think Obama gets a lot of flack from um, a lot of progressives and liberals for the amount of, like, drone bombings, right? We heard about drone bombings for, mm-hmm. for six years during his, during his two terms, and I think that those are complex military decisions that he had to make that whether or not they made people like him, because they clearly didn't for the majority of his own base, he and his military consultants felt that they were the right move, right? Mm. They, they mitigated risk to our to our um, men and women in, in uniform. They they you know mitigated collateral yeah. damage. They did whatever it was that they were supposed to do. 
Whereas Trump makes policy decisions and he makes and he tweets out things like "I'm going to bomb Syria," and then his cat and then his like advisors <laughs> find scramble. out. Let's right, like that was the that was the the 48 hour news cycle after after oh, this weekend, that's the point. which was people going, "I found out when I read the tweet," and I'm yeah. his like and I'm his X Y and Z strategic advisor. That, um, he does things and like a lot of people looked at it and went. So his lawyer gets raided and he bombs Syria. Is he? Is I mean, and I think I'm I'm not a big conspiracy guy, right? I don't think that every single time there is something that is conveniently distracting from something that is personally um, problematic for a president or a politician that it is orchestrated to be that way. Mm-hmm. But when your own staff is going, I had no idea, and there's somebody who definitely should have been in on the loop, right? We're getting all of these reports that Trump more than any other president and and rather detrimentally is his own director of communications his own chief of staff his own um, his own intelligence so, yeah his own cabinet so right? if you go by his true pattern though like yes he tweets out a lot of things a lot of things and what his advisors and what everybody around him has learned a tweet is his feeling the water as I've said many times before he's actually a very intelligent person he and if we agree that his biggest Never key debate. is to find out what whether things are popular. He puts out an idea, throws it out there, figures out like where things are going with it, and if it ends up being a hit. In this case, I mean, his advisors all say yes. We need to get these chemical things. France and Britain joined in. I mean, there's almost no debate that the bombing of the chemical facilities is a good idea. Well, although, well, uh, know, although remember, there's actually been no indication that they even slightly diminished his chemical weapons capacity. Yeah, there were reports out yeah, there, there saying that. Oh no, there, there were diminished, there were, it, but it uh, does. There were three facilities that were damaged. Considering the number of missiles that were supposed to have hit them, they should have been converted to dust. I mean, when you drop a 500 kilogram bomb on something and then double it by plus 17, I think was the number I heard. And nothing left. You don't see wall standing. You don't see a hole. You, you, you maybe see a hole with a scorched area around it. You right. don't see nothing. Yeah. Um, but that being said, didn't touch the laboratories. Didn't touch the depots. Didn't touch the. Didn't touch the people who make it. That was. This is a large industry, which I don't even understand why it exists. But I don't think they actually materially hurt that. Capacity. Yeah, really did anything. I'm. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm I'm interested in the idea of how much Donald Trump is really at the table and in control of like foreign policy decisions. Is this a person who's sitting there analyzing the facts in, as I originally brought up, in a way of like how is this going to help American interests, or um, is this a person who, like I said originally, is looking at it through a lens of like my personal PR? And David, I hear you. I, I hear you. Well. You know, maybe it doesn't really matter, right? Right. And because the uh, the outcome right. still is um, at least in this case beneficial. For and I believe the United it's States. true. And again, I, I'll state that while well, Trump is being used as an example, I believe the same is true of parties and people throughout. I don't. I think that's just the nature of parties and presidents to kind of make this selfish interest try to push their own agenda, get their own group in control. Oh, two but sides do, of the do coin. you think that 
Oh, just Barack Obama America. or George Bush or Bill Clinton had the same interests that Donald Trump has. Okay, let's let's go through those. So Bill Clinton was very much a populist, and they they actually yeah. consider him on the same level. Barack is a little lower, but he is a guy who rose and almost divorced his marriage because his wife didn't want to go go through this whole presidency, but he pushed and he wanted that, and he often paraded around and went out against Republicans and tried to make them look like awful people. George Bush, well, he was actually, ironically, the most humble of these groups, and incidentally, the worst president of the four, and I include Trump in that list, is was very much in his own self-interest. Like, he actually had slips of the tongue where he said he was going to go into war before any of the 9-11 happened and all that stuff. So he clearly had extra interest in trying to go after these weapons of mass mm -hmm. destruction, which we later learned just don't exist, of course. So, um, so yeah, I think all presidents are selfish. I think it's actually, Man, to I've... have it out there is actually better because look at the presidents. The, the best one was the most selfish, Bill Clinton. The, the worst one was the most humble, Bush. I mean, I think we have enough, like, demonstration of personality here at this point to where I don't think that they're that similar on the spectrum where we can say that all this is the same. Could the difference, could the difference be information source? And tact. I mean, he doesn't have tact. The other guys have tact. Oh, he did, he, he, yeah, I mean, he doesn't even have strategic subtlety. Um, I mean, his strategy, he dabbles his strategy out with every tweet. Yeah. But, uh... But where is he? I, I can't get a clear sense as to where Mr. Trump gets his information from. Like I get a sense with Clinton says TV. Or, or even George W. Right. Bush. I mean, he consults with his security advisors. He consults with quote experts, sure. people who have like spent years studying it. You mm -hmm. know, you may disagree with him, but I, I, I think Trump seems to actively distrust that. He, he seems uh, particularly disinterested and, in in it. And, I mean, A, he was ran as the anti-insider you know, insider candidate, so you somewhat expect that of him. But B, he's, I mean, I told you his best known source, and that is to tweet something out, see whether people are for it and think we should go for it. And that's his, tweeting is his talking point. And on foreign policy, I've, I'm, Isn't I mean, that the I'm worst sorry. way to like enact foreign policy? But like, I think let it's me see consensus a, through Twitter. I think it's doing, doing a, a damn decision. good job. We've actually got. <laughs> but that's so, not intentional, though. That's well, like this uh, is well, all well, like well, a roll well, of the dice. That, that was because I, I'm looking for someone to tell me the good things that have occurred. Great. Uh, we've so uh, China is now. Although we're still talking about Syria. I'm sorry. You'd like are, to are know about Syria. about Syria? I can I can stick with. Syria. No, no, I wanted to give honor to the topic. I wanted to. Okay, uh, sure, absolutely. Stick with Syria. <laughs> let's stick with Syria. As far as the good things that concern, we have not gone into direct conflict. We have the Syrian regime has actually gotten us like we had gotten on Europe's bad side because they have the it shocked them hearing the whole America first and somebody saying it so brazenly even though they probably know that this has been going on for a long time. We've entered a, we've sent a message that we're not scared of Russia and are willing to bomb through 
especially with the help of Europe, take out some targets. So at this point, they're going to have to, I mean, basically, we've gone all in on if you start chemical bombing over there, your own people, we're able to take you out. And we're not scared of Russia. We're not scared of Iraq. We're not scared of Syria trying to kind of tell us what not to do. If you use chemical weapons in violation of our policy, and so many presidents have not done that. So I think what? we're actually making a strong stand. What? What? So you're saying that previous to this administration, other nations were perceived the United States as afraid? They, I think so. I honestly did. So we literally marched what? over there and took out an entire nation's government structure, being Saddam Hussein. You're telling me that this is the moment under Trump that's now the fears there. So Saddam, we Saddam Hussein was an ironic learning, and they say that Kim Jong-un actually got <laughs> empowered by that whole thing because he found out if you listen to the United States and disarm your missiles, that the United States comes and kicks Still, your ass. Still, though, that's not... That's, that's, well, that's that's not right. Okay, so but that's, that's an example of a failed policy. Okay. Beyond that, we've got Kim Jong-un straight denouncing and starting to do tests despite numerous, you know, sure. denounce, denounce, so here's although, anything with sanctions. India did the same thing. All right. India so. did the same thing, mm -hmm. as in Pakistan. Uh, missile tests? Yeah. Well, they're, they're, they're nuclear powers. Sure. Actually, Israel is too, although to this day they've not admitted it. Yeah. Right. But that's supposedly been nuclear power since Golda Meir. So these are good results. I believe that thus far Trump's foreign policy has been positive. I believe uh, that his overall, and this is kind of taking a more meta view, right? Um, his overall decorum in office has degraded the respect that world powers used to have for the president of the United States of America. What's Which, the end result of that? What's what's What have we lost from... Okay, the, I, the, and a lot of people have... Do you think that it's towards the United States or towards Trump? I think both, okay. right? Because we, as a people, have elected him. We've allowed him to stay in office. Not that, you know, we have a necessary way to get him out. Sure. But look from the outside looking in, he is our leader. We have all unanimous, unanimously said this. Quote, unquote. Right. And I think that crowdsourcing his decision-making on Twitter and the way in which he, he comports himself at international meetings, people are just like, how? How did you, how do you guys have this guy? I think the international community looked at W, right, George W. Bush, President Bush, and, and was like, wow, this is, this guy. special. Yeah, he's, right, like he's, he's definitely. Sure. And, and, and you know what, I've, I've, I've never had the opportunity to meet him, but I've had some friends who have. And they say that he is genuinely like a nice guy and one-on-one, -on -one, like he really comes off well. And that's great. Maybe he doesn't take the best photo ops or give the best sound bites, but behind closed doors, he's, he's a charming Texan, right? And, and then we go into Barack Obama, who is very composed, very, um, like comes off great. His, his public image, as far as his personal decorum, is amazing. And then we like the polar opposite. With Donald Trump, and I think that it, it reflects poorly on all of us. Don't know how to react to that, but sure. well, well, can I offer a speculation? Sure. While the American government is is actually the exemplar of democracy, in mm -hmm. fact, one might argue that the less government you have, the less democracy you have, because businesses are not democratic at all. Mm -hmm. uh, but aside from that, the American government is not America. 
Uh, I've been perceiving this Trump administration as basically a business takeover of the American government. I, I speculate that, that the whole reason we're getting into trade wars is because Trump, through basically not staffing the State Department, which is America's face, right? You know, mm-hmm. By not even staffing them. Saying on TV, I don't like diplomats because they're not me. <laughs> but, yeah. um, but after he saw that basically the American government has dropped off the world stage, we don't even have the personnel to turn up at the meetings anymore. Nikki Haley hand, goes to the UN and starts talking about sanctions yes, and stuff, and then I know Trump, Trump goes like, "Wait a minute, American business <laughs> is going gangbusters." Sure. I yeah. mean, all the reins of, I mean, laissez-faire economics. Boom. So, you know, so I completely so how agree does that you. affect our world, our, our, our world standing? Governments look at us and say, there's nobody running this show. But when 3M or, or Alphabet or General Motors turns up, they're probably the only thing that actually passes for continuity you, in American policy. Right? You want to hear like the cons- my conspiracy? <laughs> not, not even like a full-blown conspiracy, but it's to go ahead and like to piggyback off your point here of how there's a government, quote-unquote, I'm sorry, a corporate takeover of politics, mm-hmm. is that the whole gun debate, right? Congress could not get anything done on this issue. Because, because who went ahead and acted? Walmart, debts, right? Bank of America. Yeah. The I mean, it's like, it's like our, 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 our government is so dysfunctional it's like the only thing left now are a, a lot of these corporations and, you know, these corporate institutions. And they're the ones, like, making these decisions of, like, uh, okay, well, at least with the power that I have, you know, we're, yeah. we're not going to go ahead and sell the gun. We're going to make it harder to get loans or whatever it may be. I just want to go ahead and say oh, that. Well, I think it would be great if the current dysfunction of our government could actually cause a next stage evolution in business, business ethics. Which I think is way overdue. Sure. Yeah. As happy as I am about corporations taking the lead on gun control or things like that, I don't think it's an ethical decision, right? It's mm. it's a business decision. Are They're, they are, are, are they contradictory? I don't think they have to be, right? Do you think Walmart would have lost money if they did not um, do something? I think Walmart and those other companies looked at it and went, "We do it now, and we're on the right side of history." And we're trendsetters. Mm. So even though it might hit our bottom line now, in the long run, we're not going to be the guys getting boycotted. When 2025 rolls around, we can go, no, we've been doing this for seven years. Right. Yeah. right? And yeah. if, it, if everything the goes the other way yeah. and they I figure agree. out that people are going there, they'd quietly do it without the news. They start mm-hmm. putting well, guns. Well, although, and- although you know, assertion, agree or disagree, are good ethics, uh, I mean, assertion, good Good ethics are, in the long run, good business. Yeah. Disagree. Okay, please do. Um, Specifically, that would depend on the consumer, right, in this case the American buyers, caring about a business's ethics. And I think that while we talk a lot about caring about business ethics, at the end of the day, we forget what happened last week, and we move on, and if Walmart's the convenient place to buy something, then Walmart's the convenient place to buy something. Mm. The, The American consumers are overall very apathetic to business ethics, right? Unless there is a trending hashtag. Unless there is something drawing their attention to it in the immediate. Mm -hmm. Uh, Although, remember, the American public also includes Walmart vendors. Sure, yeah. If Walmart has 
core business ethics, would, wouldn't vendors rather deal with Target? Yeah, uh, maybe. If that's I the mean, me- it depends on what you're defining as ethics. Like, they can sell all the guns they want, and as long... Like, the vendors don't care. They're going to sell to anyone who's willing to give them a reasonable contract. As long, So as long as Walmart continues to sell, vendors don't care about all that. I Let mean, me ask you this. Do you think, like... There's constant talk about vote with your dollars, right? Or like you know, protest the business. Mm-hmm. Do you think that does anything? Protest has never done anything. I don't know if I agree with that, <laughs> and that's fine. I think that sometimes vote with your dollars works. It can certainly affect outcomes when when it's sustained long enough, mm-hmm. right? When it can start affecting a whole quarter's worth of revenue, sure. But how do you do that, like, right? Well, right. In today's world, business. when everything's conglomerated, right? But, I mean, let's talk about that, that famous business based out of based out of here in Atlanta, that, that famous business that totally went out of business a few years ago for their um, treatment of the LGBTQ community, right? Chick-fil-A. They're gone now, <laughs> right? They're gone. We never see a Chick-fil-A anymore. Mm. <laughs> um, Absolutely. Including in more blue states. Uh, I, I moved here a few years ago from New Jersey, which is a very blue state overall. New Jersey, New York, all of those chick fil went out. No, they didn't. They're still there, right? Nothing happened to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's actually coming back around in, our, in, in at least my social media feeds recently that like, hey, you know, don't forget, we still can't eat there. <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, we, we actually occasionally uh, make that joke about it. But, I mean, Amazon treats its people horribly. I mean, the stories are out there. Mm-hmm. They're still the number one company, and I don't buy anywhere else. I've stopped actually mm-hmm. shopping retail. I shop online now strictly, and Hold I up. know that Amazon is horribly treating people, and as a result of Amazon's yeah. existence, entire cities are going out of business. But so which do you like better, there. Uber or Lyft? Uber. <laughs> Why not Lyft? Uh, they seem to have better ethics. I mean, yes, they they you, their drivers can get more money, but again, I don't yeah. care. Uh, well, because I, I, I deleted Uber, I went with Lyft just because <laughs> I just I just thought that software crap they were pulling, you know, was just it was just too. Yeah, I started using to deal Lyft with. Yeah. Mean, according to my you know my personal ethics. Yeah, well, 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 although I own a Volkswagen, mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't trust anything anyone who makes more than a million dollars a Volkswagen ever says. <laughs> I mean, they are known liars. They're, they're, that they make a good product, but for me, I don't care if they say it's a good product. I need it independently verified because they're liars. Right, man. I mean, in the big picture of things, I think that corporations consolidated and conglomerized and became way too wealthy. And I don't even think wealthy is the right word. I think that <coughs> certain corporations really own like the means to survival. Oh yeah. Especially at least in first world, you know, United States of America. Oh sure. I mean, it's like you guys are saying. How you're not going to go ahead and shop at Walmart? Let's, you know, especially maybe if you're making a minimum wage salary or something like that. Yeah. Or you got three or four kids you're trying to go ahead and raise. You know, maybe oh, you do yeah. have ethics and you and you care about how Walmart or maybe whatever Amazon treats their employees. But how do you avoid that? You know. Well, but at some point, isn't poor business ethics analogous to using your well as your toilet? I mean, I mean, you can always sneak next door and use their well, but. Don't you know where the water comes from? (laughs) Don't Mm -hmm. you know? There's only one group of people that I would happily see, see, see flogged in public, and that would be, uh, that would be a crooked prosecutor. I think they kill society. Sure. Did you segue? (laughs) Probably. (laughs) Are we going to talk about? No, but I mean Mueller. 
But ethics He's are... He's not a prosecutor, but it's also... Yeah, uh, well, He's special. Special. Yeah, right. Okay. Oh, no, well, no. Well, <laughs> I, I, so far. I don't know the history of Mueller. Has he, how long has he been in... The, what was his position? Former head of the FBI. Former head of the FBI. before that. And, um, you know, you always see that picture out there of him got a special in device. Vietnam, right? Served in Vietnam. Mm-hmm. I guess he was had, a special had, agent for a while. Had something to do with the Martha Stewart case. I, like in the in the background of my day to day, somebody like there was a news yeah. something running that was like, yeah, he, he he helped shut down the mob and put Martha Stewart in prison and blah blah. blah. And I was like, wait a minute, how what? old is this guy? Like, <laughs> yeah. Shut down the mob? Around, yeah. like, uh, sorry, that's just that was literally something I just heard right, from a TV uh, near so me. So far, I've been incredibly pleased by his punctilio. I mean, doesn't say shit. You notice that? Hmm? I mean, Mueller. Uh, he doesn't yeah. say anything. No, no. no. good, good. He shouldn't. Everybody that's ever talked about Mueller has nothing but good things to say. Yeah, yeah. About. He's, he's a from from everything I've heard, he's a consummate professional, and also the way he's running this investigation, I think is pretty smart. Mm-hmm. Instead of like holding a press conference every time he has a minor breakthrough, he's just like, no, I'm I'm doing my job. Everyone can right. he's speculate no all they want. I'm <laughs> gonna <laughs> well, go write a book. Well, well yeah. he's like Winston. Well, this whole thing with Michael Cohen, he didn't do it. Right. He found evidence. He turned it over to the was Southern District of New York. Yeah. Right. They did it. I mean, you think that was intentional? No, no. I think it was intentional because it was the law. It was the law, but I yeah, mean, a, I, I'm not well-versed in like who you go ahead and turn it over to, but there's a Southern District, why not the Northern District or Western District? Why, well, why that one in particular? Well, couldn't he like, couldn't that he I don't like, know. It, it, it might just have been a geographical under Something based, to look up. That, based, that's where I need to go back to school. Based fully on my experience with Showtime's Billions. <laughs> um, which is an excellent TV show. Sorry, Sorry, Sorry. Uh, Paul Giamatti as the whatever. It's it's internal politics or routing of mm. who has jurisdiction to what. It doesn't seem like no news report, no, nothing I've read indicates that he did anything wrong no. or untoward yeah. or outside of protocol. And it was just this is he's he's doing everything by the books, and it's almost starving the media, yeah. right? Like they want the sensationalism. They want what smaller guy is, and it, you, you go more than like. A, a week or two mm-hmm. without any new sensationalism coming out of that and they go he's got nothing yeah. <laughs> he's got nothing uh, investigation's uh, dead sure he's still right. interviewing people but no, not like not the not Trump's witch hunt comments right but yeah. like the media going the story spins and becomes Mueller's dead in the water clearly we mm. would have heard something by now he's been yeah. doing this for eight months Bernie and then, supporters <laughs> come out see there was no Russia involved I told you I told you and then and then as soon as something like Cohen happens it's like oh Mueller's gonna get him he's going to jail next yeah. month he's gonna go yeah. we're gonna impeach him tomorrow and it's like guys either way if he's got something or if he doesn't got something he's not telling us and it's just media spin on every mm-hmm. small piece of... Oh. That has to drive Donald Trump crazy, too. Being he's like a media consumer, yeah. he yes. sits there and like watches Fox News and stuff, and that's where he generally gets his highlights from all reports and stuff. Mm-hmm. has to freaking drive him up the wall. Well, especially the time it's taking. Legal process is quite short. Yeah. I mean, it's... Yeah. always. I mean, uh, I mean, it always was when I was working, my wife. We're in domestic relations, people say, I can't believe I've been in this divorce for two friggin' years. I mean, mm. uh, and that's simple. <laughs> um, so, in other words, Mueller's about the only one that I'm actually in, please. Uh, yeah, I so. think Mueller's done a fantastic job. Do you feel it's a witch hunt? Do I feel it's a witch hunt? I don't uh, have the information to answer that, but being answering that I believe that Mueller's doing a fantastic job means I believe that 
he has things and he's moving on them and he's ignoring the press and information and doing his job and I respect that yeah. and, and he's really not, he's not he's really not letting it be tried in the press right mm-hmm. right like everything's from an unnamed third party source that will not like oh well I heard that Mueller killed a cat no, what yeah. no like it's all just that right right um, but Comey though what do you guys think of him his, his, his new book yeah I read garbage it. I mean obviously I haven't read he it wants, I saw some of the highlights and whatnot yeah. listen he to wants some to of the run for debate he, he he's going to run for specifically office. he wouldn't. So I don't think. Right, sure. Well, <laughs> well I don't Barack believe Obama's has... never running for president. He's just a junior congressman from mm. Chicago. I don't believe that he has the take. And everybody I've talked on both sides of the aisle thinks he's an idiot. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I mean, what, 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 we've never elected an idiot. Uh, well, 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 <laughs> but he doesn't what? come across. He's, he's Well, because he's not intellectually diminished. He must have done something really stupid to... Well, yeah, to, get the to get the idiot piece, he has, I mean, you know, the, the Hillary email thing. Yeah. He admits, even in his book, that, you know, he he didn't think that the numbers were there in the polls and actually responded to the polls and stuff by just putting that information what out there. He was whoring out that, and now he's trying to whore out a book that, I mean, every a million people have done the Donald Trump tell-all a lot better, I'm sure. It's obvious he's trying to go ahead and, like, save his legacy at the very least. He believes, like, this whole incident has put him in, like, you know, yellow highlighting in the books of history of, like, the guy who fucked up the election. And so I think this book is a big case of that, of him trying to explain himself as, I'm so naive. I was just so... <laughs> I'm so... I didn't know, No, guys. it's not naive. It's I'm so idealistic. <laughs> yeah, there I, you go. I am so pure <laughs> and... Exactly. And, yeah, no, he's like going to run nice. for office. You know, he's I was going trying to, to run do the for right office. Thing. He's going to make money and disappear into the well, thing. You know he loves he's, he's He you know. doesn't have the pull together. I don't think he's well, going to have to pull together. Well, whether or not he gets party backing is a different question, but I think this is, this is round one. It's his dream. Of... So I've watched a decent portion of the uh, George Stephanopoulos interview. I haven't watched the whole thing, and I'll admit that. Mm-hmm. But I've watched a decent portion of it, and the way he comports himself, the way he just talks, is the same coming out, I wrote a book, tell all, mm-hmm. 18 months from now he's running for office, right? Mm-hmm. He, he's running we'll for something see. in 2020. I don't think it's president or anything, but maybe congressman or mayor or... Where's he from? Tallest I don't know. man in the world? Dude's <laughs> like freaking like... Right? He's like well, seven foot. All right, further speculation. Risking poor phrasing... The people who basically own the Russian economy, the quote oligarchs, right, uh, which today might even be synonymous with what used to be called the Russian mafia. They're all the same guys, right? Mm-hmm. Talk about business people. These guys are business people. Oh, yeah. mean, they don't like flashy stuff. I mean, if they're whether they're trafficking fourteen-year-old girls or or, or, or or timber out of Siberia, you know, they just want the money. There's the same thing's true with these with these oil pipelines that are crossing. No, and to see splashy stuff hitting U.S. airways with Comey mm. investigation stuff is just no horrible to them. The question remains: assuming arguendo that Russia did seek to influence the American presidential election, do you think that's been their first attempt to insert themselves into the American? Governmental system. No, why would it be? That's we, right. I mean, it's a long time ago. Well, and New York real estate has always been. Let's just say a lot of these your properties mm-hmm. have Russian owners. Yeah. Uh, okay. 
And the speculation was Comey felt his hand was forced with a lot of this stuff during the election because he couldn't trust one of his own U.S. attorneys up in New York. Hmm. So in other words, he was, as you were saying, there was internal politics. He was having to save his ass from a sabotage backdoor from people who had basically been turned. Yeah, I mean, I, I have no idea. I almost hate to say this because it sounds it's more like yeah, fiction, that sounds you know, conspiracy than, theory. More yeah, than rest right. in peace, Art Bell, mm-hmm. uh, famous uh, radio show host. Used to listen to him when I was younger. But yeah, dark continue. Although there is that line, he has crazy, but is it crazy enough? But but I can't imagine that 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 in 2015 some Russian sat up out of bed and said. Gee, I wonder if we could have success in infiltrating the American system. There's no way it's the first time. <laughs> oh, no. Well, we, we've try. talked about past times. We talked about RTVs being going since 2002. We talked about the Occupy Wall Street and how they pretty much mm-hmm. orchestrated that. Yeah, even before the Internet Revolution. Now it's easy for them to at least try. Well, and if you're wanting to actually not take over a country, that's, that's boring. Then you have to run it. I mean... Mm-hmm. No, but, but if you basically want to subvert it to your to your practices, mm-hmm. if I was doing it, the first people I'd go after was first the prosecutors, then the judges. Boom. Well, yeah, I would say that. System, yeah. Yeah. I would say that for the, the I guess I, I would imagine for um, Russians, any U.S. destability is is going to be good. Yeah. So in the short run, you know. I mean, yeah, in, in the short run, it gives them room to breathe, you know, at least when it comes to, you know, foreign matters and whatnot. They've been living under threat of sanctions for decades and decades now. So I'm pretty sure, the you know, U.S., I'm sorry, uh, Russian oligarchs and corporatists and stuff over there are pretty nifty at being able to get around and live that way. Like, you froze my bank account again. Oh, what am I going to do? You know, I mean, like... That was certainly the only bank account I have. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the only one I have no more. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, any yeah, any instability here is, is, is a good thing. And I think that... Um, well... Uh, I think that Trump maybe just came out as, like, an amazing opportunity. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, I mean, he's... I mean, we were talking about this before the election, Mm -hmm. that the the nature of his business makes him uniquely well-suited for these contacts, real estate. I mean, it's like, there's no way he can avoid conflict of interest, which has now been deeply opposed. Like, like Obama, most of his money was in stocks and bonds, right? You can put it in a blind trust, and you have no idea what the trust is. Of course, you'd have no idea what they're going to talk about over lunch, but arguably, they're almost fungible. He has no idea if he owns a certain amount of GE or if he owns a certain amount of Aeroflot. I mean, it's yeah. Trump does exactly what he does. You can look at it on Google Maps. I mean, you can, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's right there. I mean, so he knows if he pushes a federal highway bill, that's going to be going right you know by it. This is the problem with, I think, globalization that we're yeah. going to we're gonna have to figure out. Because um, in the future, there'll be another guy running for office who's going to be... Um, a multi-billion trillionaire who's going to have a lot of corporate interests and they're going to be all around the globe and all those people he's dealing with they're going to see him running or her running for office and they're going to be like this is a perfect opportunity for um, push some items or get some things done mm-hmm. and I mean I don't know how we're going to deal with it as things become more and more interconnected it's, it's no longer do you have to like you know put your letter on a boat and it takes a month or two to get to Russia in order to get a business deal done or use your telegraph. Now it's instantaneous. For all we know, Trump could have a burner with, like, Putin's number on it. Probably does. <laughs> Probably does. It's a, a flip phone. I mean, I know I do. You know? 
Well, although, you know, to do a McLaughlin thing, Trump is sloppy and easily manipulated, yes or no? Trump. <laughs> that's, I think that's the great mystery of 2017, of this presidency, right? Is I don't know. I honestly don't know if he's... You know, there's been multiple accounts, including in... Um, in, uh, in uh, Cohen? Who were we just talking about? Comey. Oh, Michael Cohen. In Comey's interview, he oh, talks Comey, about Trump sorry. being of above average intelligence, mm-hmm. right? Like... It seems like people who get in the room with him seem to not think he's a complete buffoon. Uh, and then he has this public persona, and I, 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 I don't. I'm always going: Is this a calculated move? Does he know what he's doing? Is the is he playing like three dimensional chess? I have no idea. I have no idea the answer to your question. <laughs> I've generally pushed on this that I think that he's a very, very intelligent man, sure. and that there's a. David certain... believes Trump is like Lex Luthor. Uh, there's Maybe. a certain. Uh, that's my nightmare. <laughs> that's there's, an interesting analogy considering he's the bad guy, considering he's the bad There's a certain <laughs> persona that people almost have to adapt to try to justify and explain, and they've tried to push this message of Trump the moron, Trump the moron, but his ideas are coming together pretty well. Like I said, I, I actually like his foreign policies, I do think they are self interested. But I think that it's working out, as it turns out. And this may be blind luck, as you said. But look, I, look, I think but it's luck is right. But at the bottom yeah. line, do you is, depend on that though? Do you depend he, on a broken clock? He's a right. very intelligent man. Very, very intelligent. He's a good businessman, and he's got you the willingness the to <laughs> his ball yeah. up. Is, is, is he easy to manipulate it? Yeah, is he well? Is he sloppy and easily? I, I hate the word evil. It's is so... he easily manipulated? No. No, is he sloppy? Yes, he's sloppy. I don't know whether it's part of his game plan, in a sense of having yeah. because part of it has been the more he kind of makes these outlandish things, the more he becomes a moving target. And the more he throws the liberal party into chaos, so it could be entirely manipulated. I think that the tweet out needs to be at least thought about a little bit more, but <laughs> just a little bit more. But it may have it may have led just to a, a lot of positive things. We may be getting out of having to give over all our intellectual property. I don't like my government run by happenstance, like a roll of the dice, and if it comes up good, we celebrate. So that. that's what we're talking about. Where it may not be a roll of the dice. He, this I may be his plan. Is, is he playing three-dimensional chess, or is That's he, yeah. or, is he or is he? He's playing connect four. He may have you in checkmate on four. two different levels that you don't even understand. <laughs> yeah, I, I, he, I don't. I don't know which one of those is more my nightmare of whether he's he's Lex Luthor playing three-dimensional chess on a level we don't understand, mm-hmm. and it's all part of like a, a grand master plan, or he's just. Mr. Magoo bumbling through getting like happening to solve the mystery. I don't think it's either because none of these are mutually inclusive. You can be yeah, a and brilliant can be, person. It can be anywhere exactly. Yeah. Ben Carson, for instance. Um, think yeah, about him. Very Brain good. surgeon, super smart. Sure. Put him in charge of HUD. Has no idea what he's doing <laughs> at, least at he all. Admitted it once. You know, <laughs> at <laughs> all. So, so you know, and that's what I think we're judging Trump by. I think we're looking at some instances where he is really intelligent. He's really good at working camera. You know, um, dealing with the public. He's 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 savvy and he's smart at that. Ooh, sure. But that's. Sure. Being smart at that does not qualify you in being smart at all the other things I think that you need to maybe 
have normal intelligence for when it comes to being the president of the United States or running an executive office. And that's my that's my thing. It's like you can be great at TV. You know, you can be fantastic at working the camera, saying the right thing. But at the same time, you know, starting up trade wars, um, your your cabinet is rotating every single day. Um, you're making literally en- enemies every day. The people that you need on your side, you are trusting. Hmm? Who, who's this enemy that you need on your side? Enemies. But well, I would go ahead and say that before all the BS happened, I think that Akomi could have been a friend for him. Oh yeah, definitely. That's just one, but I'm not going to go down the whole list because there's a whole other, there's a bunch of other things, you know. Far as somebody who was like not being easily manipulated, we know without a shadow of a doubt that his daughter, his daughter, is the one who's like convinced him in a few occasions. I can't think of them right now. That affected like I think like at least some internal cabinet changes and in policy in that direction, just because she was the one, you know. Steve Bannon came along and told him pretty much what to do, what to say. I mean, he's had many people around him. I think he's easily manipulated. I think he's a person that if you go ahead and you rub his balls long enough, mm-hmm. just long enough, caress them gently and slowly, he's, you know, he's going to break you off one. He's going to be like, all right. You know, I, I, he, he, I think that this is a person who's lived their entire life in the limelight, yeah. who's, who's garnered so much attention. I think that um, he has a desperate need for validation. Uh, well, he, well, well the reason I think, Sorry, well, excuse me, if I can yeah. chime in on, on the answer to my own question, the reason I think he's sloppy and easily manipulated is because by his own admission, he doesn't read. He doesn't read. He doesn't like to read. Yeah. And that means his only sources of information are going to be who's standing next to him and what he can garner off of TV. Uh, I'm not sure I would trust anything I saw on TV now. Uh, if you and how I'm going to make a blanket statement if you don't read a lot this world is going to be impenetrable mm-hmm. I mean and for him to be in that office and not to even read his executive summaries yeah that's crazy and not to be well versed on foreign policy times not to not even to not even read translations from other languages of course he's easily manipulated but he has to be. There's no other place for him to get his information except for whatever hack happens to get in the room. Yeah. He's actually transcended. He's extraordinarily unpopular, huh? yet our economy's doing really well, which doesn't happen. Usually you can link a president's popularity and an economy at a one-to-one ratio. Well, although, so is it a good thing to get rid of government regulation? Uh, that's a very broad oh, trap question. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right, you didn't bite. All right, okay. <laughs> yes. Oh, snapped on air. Oh, well, snapped on air. So. Um, uh, good question. That's, um, I, uh, I tend towards it. However, I tend to like it, but there are many, many, many situations where no it's not I, I'm not an anarchist by any stretch I'm not a libertarian, libertarian by any stretch oh. <laughs> anarchy's what, if, other. what ever happened to Gary Johnson where yeah. did he what go? do you mean what happened uh, the he second that he, he didn't know right what Aleppo listening was listening to this <laughs> the, the second he didn't know what Aleppo was everybody wrote him off uh, yeah. done done lost his which steam. again comes down to I think at a certain level reading right or keeping yourself abreast of the facts mm. Oh, well, we, it's horribly difficult to do. I mean, too. I mean, 
Uh, I mean, even the best intention do dumb things like Gary Johnson. But, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, but, yeah. It, it's being almost too honest, and it's kind of sad that we as Americans can't take too much of a level of honesty, because no president can be what we're trying to make them is. That this is person true. that knows everything and can answer any question and a drop a hat. So most of these deflections, I don't think are deflections. It's just most people, yeah, we, much better than Gary Johnson, know how to deflect. Right, answer, rather than yeah. say, I don't know, but I'll find out. Right? Or it's like, too, we, nobody too wants to complicated hear that a question to answer in this two-minute segment. Exactly, well, yeah. yeah. Well, or it's, I think one of the basic things they teach you is if you don't like the question, Change the premise. You, 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 you answer the question you want to answer. Right. <laughs> Whether it's so, what they ask. Gary Johnson test. failed the performance test, not necessarily yeah. the knowledge test. Right. Right. It's like, oh, you, you, you can't do the lingo. You can't, um, you can't, um, I guess. He didn't have the pulse. And you don't want somebody in front of, like, you want to talk about bad foreign policy. Oh, I don't know what's going on in your country. Absolutely. Thanks. (laughs) We elected that guy anyway. He's willing to deflect. He's willing to, you know, make things great and put the question, just like we were talking if there's one thing I think we can all agree at that is a positive attribute of Trump, is he knows how to manipulate media and keep things pointing sure. the way he wants. Positive. That's and like it, saying he sure knows how to shoot. Whether that's positive or negative. Is right, yeah, I, I think that you're you're correct, and, and that's certainly part of the president and the president's apparatus is like the director of communication and their team's mm-hmm. job. Right, that needs to be part of the skill set. But I think to Brent's point earlier, I'm, what I'm afraid of is when he's in the room one on one. Is he still trying to manipulate a room of three the way he manipulates a stadium of 20,000? Because it does not play the same, right? No, he's, he's, he's asking, are you loyal, Sean? Are you loyal? Are you I'm loyal? not. I'm really not super loyal? not. I don't know. You've got to try to find out. The, the liberal like attempt at, at change of his persona has made it impossible to know what the person truly who he truly is. Oh, really? I think oh, so. my God. Please. It's all, all the liberals' faults out there. They're, they're just obscuring, the <laughs> obscuring Trump's true, beautiful soul. Hey, no, it's just, as long as they get it's the not a beautiful soul. I honestly don't know what he is one-on-one, but I can no. say that he's no. going to come across confident and act like he's in charge. Of course. And that is something That's that how I want got the president to, worry, yeah. to do. Uh, but as to his exact thing, since they've made a do-no-right scenario out of Trump like we don't know what the man's really like anymore. but on the other end you don't think there's enough information on this guy stretching yeah. back god knows I mean, how many years golly. to get a good handle on this guy's personality I, mean. I do he, he, he's attempt, he's a manipulator that likes to be in charge and will take control of the conversation I mean, even if you don't like him and think otherwise. I mean, the demand of loyalty is a good sign of that. I don't think he's going to come across as an idiot. Well, how would his policies be different if he had instead gotten his current position by taking over the Democratic Party? I got the feeling it was almost just a matter of opportunity for him. Right. Me too. I mean, he was a Democrat for many years. How how, how do you think his policies would be different? He would adapt everything that the Democrats had within the level that he would within the level that he could make it pander to make his business grow as well and his name grow. Yeah, uh, Yeah, I I, I think that's where he's really going to make out 
is, uh, uh, if I had even a million dollars and the levers of government for even a week, I, I could hardly imagine what, think of all the information that he's got. I mean, all the oh, yeah. uh, CI reports on all of his competitive I mean, companies. On, I mean, uh, I mean, he's. I mean, this has been a great business. I mean, look at look at Jared Kushner, for instance. Who does he got there? Where is those CIA reports? Let's go ahead and oh, look yeah. at some I of mean, that. I mean, this is pretty I, cool. I, I, well, no, there was marketing research at Gunpoint. Oh, I, mean, I appreciate it. What more could one ask? What more? What do you think about um? You know what? Mark Zuckerberg sitting in front of um, Congress, right? It was it was so sad. I mean, it was one of those instances where you just get to see how technology and society and its integration is outpacing our government system. It was like you just see these, frankly, elderly folks asking very obvious questions. Not really um, even... It reminded me of all the questioning that happened. Uh, back when the uh, recession in 2007, where you had all these bankers, you know, sitting in front of you know the Senate, the House, and you can tell like there's just this whole element of like performance, where they're like you know pretty much like, look what you're doing, you know, trying to go ahead and you know present themselves as being tough, but it's just meaningless. And you know, the, the bankers just sit there, deflect, and go say, "We'll try to do a better job. We're sorry." Um, you know, can you I go now? No. Exactly. It was, it was kind of the same thing all over again. I like science fiction writers because they think about the future for a living. Yeah. And they're usually incredibly smart people who certainly qualifies. Uh, uh, in an interview recently, because he's getting kind of old, he made the comment that, you know, these, these ancient years, these, quote, tech companies, and they didn't start with Facebook. You yeah. know, like, we're talking like Eastman Kodak. You know, we're... You know, they, they create this stuff and then they just pitch it out in the world with no idea what it's going to do. It's like dreaming up a drug, testing it on five rats, and then boom, it's in the marketplace. You know, mm-hmm. I think that's what Facebook did, as so many have done. I mean, they, they took what they thought was a really cool idea, made them surprised when it turned into a force of world domination, and, hadn't, and, and didn't think it through. By God, this can be used to bully people into in, into suicide. This can be used to to, to, to completely slant the world view yeah. of anyone who looks at it. I don't think they're as innocent as you say. And the House actually got into this. Like, yes, as Mark repeatedly said in both houses, you can opt out. But the fact that all these older people, or all really so many people, had no clue that you could means that it's pretty damn well hidden how you can opt out and their money and their entire stock is based on the fact that people are willing to spend a lot of money for these profiles Mm -hmm. so they can't like if they were to try make it the default that you're opted out and then you have to go through all these that they wouldn't make any money it was asked asked of them (laughs) would you be willing to reverse things and make it so that whatever you have to do right now to opt out, that's how you opt in. And he said, Senator, it's too complicated. I mean, uh, yeah, I know. Uh, but this sort of like uh, changing the laws so that everyone can, can buy alcohol unless you opt out by proving that you're too young. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that works, doesn't yeah. it? <laughs> it? It's a terrible yeah. setup and notion. And 
I mean, they know that they're selling and manipulating data. He oh, is definitely. not that innocent. No. No, yeah. And he's, yeah. I mean, he's a trickster from the beginning. He, he, I mean, at least if the social network movie, which is the entirety of where I otherwise get yeah. it, right. and hearing that he has like a engineer's thing, he doesn't have a lot of moral fiber. I think that'd be safe to say. Oh, um, you know, I don't I know. I mean, what robot does? <laughs> yeah, it, Mark, I mean... Duke can play poker and probably win, man. He has like just a straight blank. <laughs> that was the like, backup plan. If, if Facebook face. didn't, if, if yeah. Facebook didn't pan out, world champions exactly. championship, just, championship of poker. Just that look. I think brilliant. I mean, of course he took all the blame. He wasn't being charged with a crime, and it doesn't matter if they it blame does, him exactly. as long as they don't blame his company. That's all exactly, blame his exactly. <laughs> Same move Goldman Sachs did, yeah. and you know, oh, I don't mind being embarrassed for a couple of yeah, hours for a few billion dollars. Yeah, come here, sit up here, let you scream at me for a few hours. <laughs> Done. All right, sure. then. see you later. Right. Yep. Back you know? to Cabo. I mean, you're back to. <laughs> and so it was just, it yeah. just felt so meaningless and. Yeah. Of course, you know, I guess it was a slow news week, or it felt like uh, broadcast media was definitely trying to pay the latest up into some huge thing. Yeah. Go ahead and pay attention to this, you know. Look at these Mark Zuckerberg. He's, he's walking in. He's showing walking in, looking around and everything. They're, they're standing outside. He's sitting down. I'm trying to this huge circus and theater of this. But it's like, we saw all this before. Many times. And many times. And honestly, they probably haven't broadcast a lot of those interviews that were more impactful mm, yeah, right? right like I think people watched the Zuckerberg one I had a lot of friends and maybe it's because I went to I went to a, a tech school so a lot of my mm-hmm. friends live in that world right but but uh, I know a lot of people were watching right a lot of people were watching live a lot of people were watching after the fact I don't know that many people that watched uh, like the Wells Fargo interviews uh, what was it last year? A year before? Stand more than five minutes. <laughs> like, and I mean that's my attention span's too long. Fraud on a mass, like actually illegal fraud on a massive scale, mm-hmm. and that affects millions, if not uh, more. You know how like um, you know low level, you know street criminals, gangsters and stuff. You get stripes if you go to jail, right? You like you get like you know. You, you get you're a little bravado, you're yeah. tough. You know, that's um, a mark on, you know, your, yeah. your, your your record of street cred. It's like, that's what this is like for major CEOs of corporations. It's like, if you make it to the point where you're sitting in front of, like, the House and the Senate and they're grilling you, you've made it. And the overall coverage is that they, oh, yeah. they, they look like idiots. Exactly. Right? Oh, yeah. And, I, and oh, yes. I understand. I understand what you were Diamond saying earlier. Saturday. The House did a lot better job than the Senate. <laughs> well, they prepared. They watched the well, Senate and, and were like, uh, <laughs> guys. Let's compare average ages there, too. There's a lot more of them. They're overall a lot younger. They're a lot less tenured. And a good interview in front of Mark Zuckerberg can, can make or break your career in the House. Mm-hmm. Uh, nobody in the Senate has anything to lose in front of Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah, right. They're getting reelected. It's fine. Right. Um, I still think he was going to run for president. Who, Zuckerberg? Yeah. I hope he's too smart for that. <laughs> yeah, why run for president when you can own the president? In other words, we're highlighting problems that are beyond the power of government to, to solve. Well, beyond the power of our government, maybe. Like, if, if, if our government was willing to make more decisive action. Yeah. Well, I mean... Uh, in other words, how could... I mean... Could the government regulate the free speech of Facebook by 
approving some accounts and disapproving other accounts, that would be worse than the disease. Yeah. So, now this is this is why I was babbling on about business ethics. I mean, well, um, is it a matter of approving and disapproving accounts or what people post, or is it a matter of putting in place regulations on how our data is farmed? Not just for Facebook, but for the tech industry in general. And I will 100% clarify, especially from our fraternity brothers that are listening, I don't know. I'm an idiot. <laughs> but Somebody call you up and you're like, hey, man. Yeah, no, they will. Know you're talking about They'll be like, look, don't you remember anything? And I'm like, no, I got a degree in theater. <laughs> well, uh, it is. I mean, just from a social psychologist's point of view, this is fabulous. Be able to actually study real time people's actual behavior instead of instead of requiring mm. your 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 freshman sociology students to take dumb surveys in the, in the college quad. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You imagine what the future is going to look like with that? Uh, Where like, okay. let's say you think you are suffering some type of mental ailment of some sort, right? And um, Instead of going to the psychologist, you go to the psychological um, synthesis analyzer 5000. <laughs> and um, I don't know, you'll put in your government card that maybe yep. um, you know has your email address, your official email or whatever. Yeah. Or, and it just scans everything you have, all the information compiled on you that's on the internet. Yeah. Builds a profile and spits out your issue. Oh, yeah. That actually Remember back in 2014 uh-huh. when um, you know you wrote that post on um, Facebook X sure. about your daddy slapping you? That's where it started. Uh, or just something, in other words, analysis indicates your viewing habits have tended towards more and more violent behaviors. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you having an anger issue, Mr. You know, Mr. Thompson? Yeah, right. And then we yeah. get into Minority Report, right? right yeah. yeah. Where there, I mean, I know Minority Report had the had a sci-fi uh, component yeah. with the three people in the book, yeah, in, in the, the back. Yeah, but yeah. like at but some point, it, there's an algorithm going. Predictive algorithm. Right. There's an algorithm going. <laughs> Sorry, Brent. You're yeah. going to kill someone tomorrow. You're right. going to jail today. <laughs> what do you do? I don't know. Do y'all watch Black Mirror? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You see that episode? Uh, you see the latest season? Uh, yeah. Season four? Yes. Yeah. So um, this reminded me of the episode where the two couple, like they're um, going through this dating algorithm oh, where yeah, it's supposed yeah. to match them 99.8% yeah. oh, of the oh, time. Oh, that was wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't that crazy? That. that was a great no, That was a really good episode. Uh, I like that, that one a lot. That was I, yeah. Fun. Yeah. yeah I, I knew something was funny, but I didn't see that coming. I was like, oh. Yeah, yeah that was brilliant. Uh, didn't All right. What's and it like to be in a simulation? Yeah, a simulation just just cranking out different algorithms or you know different scenarios a thousand or so times, letting it all play out, and then boom. And the future will be able to go ahead and simulate a universe, right? It'll all just be electrons. And, um, there will be entities in this universe, just electronic representations of it. But so will question, they know that? I have a question no. for you for for the table that kind of ties. Uh, our conceptual conversation about Facebook back into uh, Syria, right, where we where we yeah. theoretically started. So something that you said it was interesting to me right when we started talking about Syria, which was the reaction of the American population to another possible war, mm-hmm. right? Do you do you feel like there has been a significant reaction to by the general population, right? Not talking heads in the media, but by the general population, by the people in your lives, right? And this is anecdotal evidence and doesn't support anything, but mm-hmm. do, do, do the four of us feel that people really have been affected the same way when it was announced that, like, we were going to invade Iraq? 
or when we were going to war in Afghanistan. Like, or when... No. 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 I don't think so close. either. Not yeah. And so, I don't think so either, and I'm also interested in... Like, obviously it's not the same level of action. Like, yeah. we didn't invade a country. We, 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 along with other powers, bombed a country. Mm-hmm. So, do you feel like in the last 15 years, right, since 2003, mm-hmm. we have become... We still do yeah. Oh, yes. Thank you so much. We have become more and more desensitized mm-hmm. to to things like this. Whereas maybe 15 years ago, all people would be talking about on the Monday after an action like that at work is, "Did you see what happened? What do you think this means? Oh, Are yeah. we going to invade?" Whereas, like, I, nobody on Monday at my job, and we're a pretty gossipy bunch, <laughs> talked about Syria. It didn't even come up until oh, like no. halfway through the day. I went, "Oh, right, Syria happened this weekend." Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what the response people just go. Yeah, what are we going to do? Well, I think we've been, a lot of it's been, we have, and this goes back to Trump being excellent at keeping everybody moving target. We get so much news, we've joked about Mm -hmm. it on this podcast, that we really can't plan topics in advance because so much is going to happen in the next two weeks (laughs) that any advanced planning is futile. Uh, oh, it's like Lily Tomlin's line of, I know I'm cynical, but I can't seem to keep up. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you bringing up back when the first Iraq war happened, that reminds me of like, I was in school, you know, I was um, in high school, I believe, um, mm-hmm. Me too. freshman or something like that, and uh, I remember when, um, you know, Twin Towers fell, and then uh, there was all this stuff all over the news. You know, everybody was just gassed. But then they started talking about going to war. And I remember being a teenager and all the, like, you know, my teenage friends, kids, and friends, they were all like, we're going to war. Yeah, we're going to war. We're going to go ahead and we're, we're fuck them up. You know, it was uh, like, even now, this is just teenage kids, yeah, you know, right. like, you know, Murado and stuff like that. But there was like an energy to it. Oh, yeah. Right. There was definitely an energy like, well, we're going to go do this. People were excited, right? Even if you go back and look at the footage, you know, go on YouTube sometime. Go ahead and check the old newsreels for the beginning of the Iraq War. People were excited, like visibly. Oh yeah, let's you know, a mission accomplished. Let's do do it. Well, in our our generation, right? We we hadn't had a significant war in generations. Yeah, right. So people didn't remember. It wasn't. It was an older generation that remembered the costs of what we were talking about doing. Mm -hmm. And the fact is that we we're still at war. Like, like oh, people yeah. just kind of forgotten that we're still in both Afghanistan and Iraq. And not to age anyone out, but it's definitely people in my age group that are over there. Yeah, right. It's it's my friends who were I was in high school with that two years later, three years later, signed up and went over and then came back. Mm-hmm. And it was that last part that they didn't that wasn't so hype anymore. Right, yeah. Well, well, then, would you and your friends agree with a proposition that I read on a... I will speak for all millennials now, yes. Mm -hmm. I will speak for all millennials now. (laughs) Right, of course. You've been elected as a spokesman for your your age project. Sorry, Uh, Brent. Or or, or whatever. Anyone agree with the idea that at least since Nam, the American military, as regards the American military and... The people who control it were tactically matchless, you know, wizards almost, but were strategic impulses. Hmm. Would that be accurate? I think there was. We can kill anything, but we don't know what we what to do once we got it. 
Uh, yeah. Ancient orbs, the entire jungle, yeah. and yeah. then afterwards just scratch your head. Yeah. I would, I would tentatively oh, again, yeah. like with yeah. no <laughs> further research into this question, I would, t- I would tentatively agree with that. Yeah. Um, and I think a part of it is right. We have, we can kill people better, faster, and stronger ever than ever before. Mm. But I think a lot of it is also that, um, to a certain extent, our military is now uh, led by a body, a legislative body, rather than commanding officers, right? I think that... Elaborate. Sure. I think that if you look back to World War II, we put a lot of commanded decisions in the field to people like um, like Eisenhower and, uh, and, and Patton. MacArthur, Patton, Patton, thank you. Yeah. yeah, those guys had control over their own things, and part of that is technology, right? Mm. Because it's going to take, like... They may be at a forward observation base, or, or the World War II equivalent of it, and not be near the telegraph line. So it's going to take three weeks to get them orders. Mm-hmm. So they have to be making decisions. They can't wait three weeks for the communique to come to them, yeah. right? I think now that we're in an instantaneous time zone, right? And I think, yeah, exactly. Like, I can just text whoever's running things over in Afghanistan and be like, hey, man. And, and, and a certain level, like... That means that our intelligence gets to us faster. That means that we we have up to the minute um, uh, intel, right? Mm-hmm. But it also means that every single field decision is reacted to immediately, is scrutinized immediately. And if you are a career leader in the military, you now have to think about what 535 people sitting in a building in Washington are going to do to yeah. you. I don't. I can't. I'm trying to think of the last truly militarily minded president that we had. It's Eisenhower. Uh, that's yeah. that's a figure immediately came into my head. Eisenhower. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm 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 trying to go back step by step well, by he's step. The last but, I mean, military leader we had as a president, basically. That's what I'm trying yeah. to say. Yeah. So, like, I don't think anyone knows. Uh, no. After I mean, that, I mean, it was a death of that generation. Hoover kind of had the mind, just didn't didn't necessarily. Well, didn't ex- <laughs> didn't have the opportunity to execute. Ex- maybe. Hoover. Oh, no, well, that he wasn't the before. president. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. yeah. I knew what you were saying. I was like... But, um... Yeah, but... Yeah. After him... After Eisenhower... Dang, I know I sound like a moron right now. Who's president, who's president after Eisenhower? You don't have the uh, entire list memorized? All 40... Don't shame me. Uh, what makes Kennedy? That's what I was thinking in my head. Was it? Uh, we're going to go with Kennedy. Yeah, 54 right. to 60, Eisenhower, Kennedy. So, like, Kennedy was like a generation of this new type of presidency, right? One very um, personality-based, mm-hmm. charismatic, very mm-hmm. flashy. Did, like, well, he you know, had military service. He did, yeah. Military right. service. Yeah. But he wasn't a general. Yeah. He no. wasn't a field commander. He didn't understand... He's a personality. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, I'm a... Broad strokes. I'm going to say I'm a fan of Kennedy. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can get into specifics with any president, right? But I'm much... I, I think that military power has left the Oval Office in a, in, a, in, in a way, and I think between that and between the advent of uh, modern technology, um, we no longer leave strategy to the to the strategically minded, to the st- strategens. Mm. Strategens? Strategens. Thank you. The strategizers. Yeah, the strategies. The strategies. The strategies. Our strategies aren't with our strategizers. Yeah, the strategies. I'm going to run as a folksy presidential candidate someday, guys. We doubt you now. I'm getting confused with strategy and tactics. Iraq is probably the... Uh, the most recent great example. Mm-hmm. Uh, we rolled right through in there. How many hours? 
Right. I mean, and that was the tactical part. Yeah, the strategy which, which part we're still is, doing well. Is how do we turn it back into a functional? Which we're not doing. That well. almost did such a terrible job, but I almost have to conclude. Well, that was never. You know what though? But I don't think was that ever like a thing when it came when it comes to um, military wars and combat. Anyway, I feel like that's that's fairly new. The concept of an taking something plan? out and then coming back and like rebuilding. Oh, the Marshall Plan. We base our world on that now. I mean, we didn't our even allies do... Are, remember, well, our, our, our allies well, think, were the Think Axis back to the Reconstruction that, during the Civil War. We didn't even do that right, and I was here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Who just oh, walked yeah. away and was like, well, y'all can go ahead and try to rebuild that. <laughs> yeah, sure enough. Uh, I mean, it's like, it just seems like it's not a... It's it's just no. a very hard component of war, the idea of, like, no, the, well, destroying it's something. it's the military's job. They're yeah. not there to rebuild it. They're there... Yeah, they're, they're, not since Rome. Yeah, they're right? there to knock the crap out of it. <laughs> yeah. No, and I mean it, like... Centurions would invade your homeland, and they'd uh-huh. take it, and they would not burn or salt your land. They would take control, and then you would become a part of the Roman mm-hmm. Empire, and then they would rebuild whatever they destroyed. And the Centurions were the workforce that did all of that. Mm. Yeah. Um, Although I wonder how well they would have gone if the you have the people they conquered could actually had home factories for AK-47s. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a lot easier to defend a pillium against a pillium. But yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm closer to home. Yeah. But as far as like rebuilding and um, follow through and, stra- and exit strategy, I don't think I think that's where the failure is. Right? Yeah. Is that? Um, and that's where I'm really afraid that, that where Trump's going to go is he's going to turn some harebrained idea over to the tactical wizards, and then we'll have another and not have a strategy, and then we'll have another <coughs> ISIS. Because remember, that's where ISIS came from. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's from the ba- the Baptist military members that were booted out with no pensions from Iraq. I'm pretty sure there's some people who have there's some top brass who have this philosophical belief that you know if you don't use it, you lose it. So it's this idea, this perpetual idea of like, in order to justify our existence, you know, we we have to be engaging in something. You know, well, I think there's a level that you want to keep the rest of the world in some level of discord. And we, as you've been able to look back in history, you see that we put our hands there. We're yeah. we're the top power for a reason. We've been doing this for decades. Oh, you're almost getting into the to the foreign policy as warehouse management theory. If you've ever heard that one, no, I've not. Oh, you never heard that one? A LIFO, last in, first out. Sure. Wow. Got all these armaments yeah. sitting on the shelf. Yeah. You've got to rotate this stuff, yeah. you know? Yeah. I mean, how the hell can we get I mean, new stock out of it? Don't use it. Exactly. You yeah. build a hammer, it's hard not to, you know, <laughs> really want to find a reason I mean, to use I mean, it. I mean, we have an excess of, 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 of <laughs> we have an excess of 50 caliber ammunition. we got to use it somewhere. I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I... <laughs> After all, our manufacturers need to make more. What are they going to do with it? Yeah. <laughs> as I said, as I said, I, I know I'm cynical, but I can't seem to keep up. But, you know. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, there's yeah. just been. Oh, well, um, yeah, I'm, I'm trying know. to think of like when when did the military um, like morph into this thing that it is now? Uh, the military like, industrial complex. Of yeah, like well, you know, they industry. pointed out you had a famous quote. It was. It's, I guess it had to have been after World War Two. You know, oh, sure. when you go ahead and um, 
you know, you build that high. You know, you you you, you muster all your forces that much. Well, you um. Well, am I the only one old enough to remember the movie Wag the Dog? Nope. I was just thinking of that while you were talking. Yeah. One, of the, one okay. of the modern classics. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Excellent. Yeah. So, uh, well, yeah. I mean, I I, I invite. All five of our podcast listeners to go out and rent Wag the Dog. Wag the Dog. Uh, co- well, co- Pick up Shades of uh, Grey with Go out and rent. Uh, Sorry. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I did it. Showing your age. I've recently Netflix? heard that there is a block- blockbuster open in Anchorage, Alaska. Yeah, there's like one left. In, yeah. <laughs> there, yeah, there's like four left in the country. One of them's in Anchorage, Alaska. And my understanding is that they've recently um, received a bunch of Russell Crowe memorabilia courtesy of John Oliver. I didn't read that article. So, so John Oliver actually did buy Russell Crowe's like jockstrap. Uh, uh, not just the jockstrap, but a bunch of other random stuff from Russell Crowe's wow. divorce auction and sent it to Why someone would Russia. Russia. Russell or, Alaska, not Russia, sorry. Uh, Blockbuster. And it doesn't have one of those little ropes around of do not touch fingerprints. <laughs> the I miss Blockbuster. Everybody misses I, Blockbuster. I'm sure my age, I guess. You know, my brother, he's 10 years younger than me. Never had really any experience with Blockbuster. Care less about it. No, it's a thing but, to do. Yeah, it's a thing to do. Yeah. You know, when mother was going to go to Blockbuster and be like, oh, that's the time to get that video game. Oh, oh yeah, get walking that back and forth in those yeah. aisles, looking at all looking the pictures. Yeah. yeah. Not anymore. Nope. Now you got Netflix. Old. And then Netflix will be an old thing. Think about that. Eventually, my brother would be like, man, remember Netflix where you like turn it on? And you, <laughs> you had to sit in one place and watch it. It wasn't just directly in your brain. You had to actually go ahead and sit and view a screen. Oh, it's crazy. Hardly, you, have I, you seen the, uh, the the Black Mirror episode where, where they're all on bikes powering society? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. The other yeah. very yeah. they're not allowed you, to turn it off unless you... Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Unless you pay for it. You know what the creepiest episode, we're talking about Black Mirror for one second, was the one that um, Jodie Foster directed. Oh, yeah. Okay. That one where they put the chip in the baby's head yep. and, uh, you know, and they watch and go ahead and it. censors out eyes. violent images. Yeah. That. Yeah, that was clearly a bad idea. <laughs> clearly an awful I idea. I still think that the, of the Black Mirrors, the one where everybody was rating one another definitely had the biggest impact because Angie and I aren't uh, on social media Media anymore Uh, really that was a good episode that was like I think one of the best I signed up for social media well they were also good I like the one where the cartoon character became a political candidate oh yeah 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 Yeah. in Britain yeah it was like a blue thing Walt's actually not a person at all whatever interest wants to manipulate it is the candidate yeah, I mean, I, I would still say my favorite one to date is the one where the chick's uh, boyfriend dies in a car crash, and she orders a new one, and he yeah. comes in a box. Yeah. Yep. Oh, like, that's um, yeah. well, the, that's, well, the that's Haley Atwell and uh, and Demal Gleason. I recently watched that, and I was like, yeah. that's Agent Carter and oh. and uh, and um, Admiral, you know. Evil Ginger from the new Star Wars movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that is him. Wow. I, I, I didn't watch Agent Carter. Was it worth No. Oh, thanks. Season one's pretty good. Season two's a train wreck. I tell you what, though. Yeah, I mean, that, that episode was, was, like, really creepily impactful. It was like... I, I think that that one was uh, beautifully shot. I, I think the worst one was the first one in the series ever with the pig. Yeah, and, I, uh, Brent, I, was like, I have a lot of friends who were like, ah, it was awesome. Was, was, yeah, was like, because no. it was almost prophetic. After right, that. it was so farcical <laughs> that, you know, yeah, but at the same time, you kind of felt that maybe in the air. I love that show, I love that show so much. Yep. It's um, a really, 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 really good one. That's why we're recording this podcast, reviewing Black Mirror. Yep. <laughs> uh, guess who's getting sponsor dollars? Not me. <laughs> <laughs> I should be. But, um... 
No, oh. man. Um, I, I, I'm still in season four. I just finished the episode that's in black and white with the weird futuristic, like, uh, dogs, um, android dogs. Ironhead? Yeah, Metalhead. 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 That oh. one wasn't that good. I, oh, I was no, not really boy, impressed. So scary. I loved it yeah. for one specific reason. It's it's a Hitchcock, right? Yeah. And, like, the whole thing is just showcasing them making a Hitchcock, but, like, set in a futuristic Yeah, because she's at the... Um, Faucet, you know, yep. doing menial things while the dog the is whole, creeping up the yeah, stage. It's one hundred percent just yeah. them going, "Look, we can make Hitchcock," mm. which is cool because it it feels almost like a movie he would have made if he had access to today's technology. Yeah, well, 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 but also tropes off of off of I don't know the, the, the SETI research stuff of why aren't there people out there? Yeah, you know, mm. uh, why aren't there alien races? Well, maybe because they learned how to be quiet. Because there are these weird metal dogs that roam between the stars and kill anyone who makes yeah. too much noise. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's the quote berserker theory of 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 why is why where is everybody out there? I thought the spoof of the um, like Star Star Trek one, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that was that was really innovative and really good. The Star Trek I, one was good. The, the worst one was the video game one, I think. The horror video game where he signs up to, to test the horror video game. I thought that was Oh, terrible. yeah, and he's trapped oh, yeah. inside like a I haunted house. Oh, yeah. But he got jacked, oh. but he thought he escaped, but he yeah, really didn't escape. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, that was, that was, that was right? a cheesy yeah. one. If I just black that out, I knew was, was that sort of reverse No, that's season three, I believe. Okay, that's why. I'm sorry, I was trying to just think of season three. Well, instead of a little boy fell out of bed and woke up, the little boy fell out of bed and died. <laughs> yeah, that was that, <laughs> that was, was too bad. Yeah, that was fun to watch and try. So it is some of the best SF I've seen out there. Very unique, very unique. Yeah, so yeah, they're gonna go ahead and keep making money. It's not uh, like, this, along the this lines of have you guys seen a Quiet Place? Fantastic. No, oh, yeah, I heard yeah, it was really yeah, good. I just though. saw that. See what? Yeah, super quiet Place. Yeah. That's that movie. I. I I'm scared enough to use this. <laughs> it is not it. So it's a horror <laughs> film on the level that it Get Out is a horror oh, film. Yeah. I have enough tension in my life. I have an 18-year-old daughter. It's very, as far as like the horror <laughs> portions, it's very jump scare, right? It's not, it's not, like it's conceptually really a movie about family. But it's very unique. Uh, I, 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 uh, but ever since Trump was elected, I find my, my tolerance for thrillers and horror movies mm. is just... Yeah, I'm serious. There's there's just not really that many good of good ones out there. I mean, yeah, like I mean, Get Out was a fantastic movie, and this is in yeah. the genre of you know that weird yeah, satirical maybe very good uh, story type of horror piece. Yeah. Like it's definitely a horror movie, but it's not really a horror movie at yeah, all. Yeah, there's not there are very very few even jump scares and. Yeah. I still need to see Annihilation. I've not seen that. Uh, well, I, I, I it was do not a recommend it. Movie. <laughs> I'm sorry, Kwaku is... I don't think he had it right. Like, it's a movie that's neat until it's not. You expected... I was expecting this, like, surreal. I was like, okay, this is going to make sense. It's like, no, this makes perfect sense. It's just really, really stupid. Well, yeah, it was. Yeah. No, I, 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 I did, probably um, agree. Ex Machina, right? Yeah. Uh, I, I enjoyed that. Yeah. That was a good movie. No, One of my favorites. Yeah. I, I mean, that, that, that was... Uh, it, it, it was subtle. It didn't hit you over the head with their point. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. The way a Marvel movie would, for instance. <laughs> Which I am looking forward to. Sometimes it's funny, Candy. Speaking of excellent candy, both Ready Player One and um, Pacific Rim Uprising, excellent candy. I liked the book on Ready Player One. We're actually 
Studio Ghibli. It's been around for a while. Well, it's 903, gentlemen. We All did right. it. Wow. So Say goodbye. Bye. Good night. Bye. Good night. Good All night. five of you. All five of you. Thank you guys for coming out once again, man. Yeah, I really appreciate it. Well, well, uh, I find myself And boom, that's it. There you have it, folks. Another podcast down. And a bunch more, of course, to go. Like I said earlier, I got a bunch in the queue here that I'm going to hop on and start editing and pumping out for you guys to listen to. Uh, We have podcasts on everything from um, the drug trade to wiccanism um to of course what's happening in current events and we hope that you will go ahead and stick around and um enjoy all of them i'm gonna go ahead and keep this one nice and short this is the exchanges podcast once again based out of atlanta www.theexchangespodcast.com and you can find us on itunes youtube google play stitcher and soon spotify i'll see you guys on the next episode holla